from celebrity interviews to Star Wars, to things that shouldn't be said but had to be said, to conspiracy theories, or maybe just a night of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Whatever the podcast you're looking for could be found here at Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Make sure you check out all of our shows because there's something for everybody there. Welcome to Off Script with the Heavyweight Chumps. I'm your host, Maddox. And I'm Thunder Cookies' Devin Rains. The name has changed, but one thing is still the same. We're mad. We're fat. And we're loud. Nothing beats the pure taste of artist vodka, made with nothing but the finest ingredients, including farro wheat imported from Italy, perfectly pH-balanced water from the Cascades in Washington State, all blended perfectly into the best organic vodka on the market. Artist Vodka, the art, is in the party. Are you a CBD user that's unhappy with the quality of your current CBD products? We recommend that you try Absolute Nature CBD. Absolute Nature CBD is a third-party tested CBD company that offers a wide variety of products, including CBD, medicated, full-spectrum salve, CBD, liquids in varying strengths, and CBD, full-spectrum soft gels, among other products. Go to AbsoluteNatureCBD.com, use code CHUMPS30, C-H-U-M-P-S 30, and get 30% off your total order. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the newest episode of Off Script with the Heavyweight Chumps. I'm your host, Maddox. And I'm Thunder Cookies' Devin Rains. And, well, as the name would suggest, we don't have to do things the same way twice around here, because we're going off script. And by going off script tonight, we thought... Why not call in the man that always arranges our interviews and let's rake him over the coals a little bit. But wouldn't you know it? He didn't have the balls to do it alone. He had to call in reinforcements. He called in reinforcements. (laughs) So, Steve Joyner, who is backing you up tonight? Backing me up tonight is the the, the six foot eight inch tall Pat Shankowitz. Now, that's not fair because neither of us is over 5'10". Perfect. This will be sure work, then. Yes, it will. Oh, yeah. That's a pun fully intended. (laughs) 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 But Seriously, Pat Pat is co-host of the Jeff and Janky Show on Chaotic Radio, and we've been collaborating for, like, I got, was it now, Pat, like three years? Three years. Three wonderful years. Three wonderful years. Let's talk about how you guys got into working together. How and, and Steve, I know you know in the way that we've worked together, how things have happened. How did you come across Janky over here, Eddie Deason? So here's what happened. It, it all started with Eddie Deason. I went to a. By the way, I, prayers for our buddy Eddie Deason. Well, no, we're out no, there. Prayers absolutely. for our buddy Eddie. Eddie, we can't wait for you to make a speedy recovery and have you right back here with the heavyweight chumps. Next time, we might even invite Steve again. But hey, you don't need the backup, so maybe we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Now, what happened was I, I had booked Eddie Deason at an autograph show in Los Angeles, and uh, it was a 1941 panel. And it was Nan- we were sitting next to Nancy Allen and Tim Matheson and Susan Baccalini, who was the uh, Chrissy Watson character in the first Jaws film, and then she reprised her role in 41. You and- say Nancy Allen. Am I right in saying that's the same actress from the uh, Indiana Jones films? No, no, no. You're no. thinking of uh, you're th- you're thinking of Kate Karen Kate. Allen. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nancy Allen is RoboCop's partner. Gotcha. Okay. That that yeah. straightened it out because I'm like Karen Allen and Nancy Allen. I've always kind of gotten crossed up. It's almost like no. Nolte and Busey. and Busey. I can get them kind of mixed up too. So. <laughs> I can see that, you know. I, when I was a kid, I used to get Pacino and De Niro a little mixed up, too, you know. Uh, that I well, never did. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, but uh, so back to the story. What happened was we were sitting there, and this this very loud, bald guy walks up to us with a mustache. And it turned out to be this guy named Jeff Sargent, who was a Facebook friend of mine. And he had, he had never met Eddie before in the flesh, and so he met him and all that. And Jeff's telling me, yeah, I do the show with my friend Patrick. I said, well, you know, I know a few people we that are common friends of ours. Let's get together. And then next thing you know, we were doing it, what was it, five five days a week, remember that, Patrick? God, that was killing us. <laughs> and the funny thing was, Jeff would call up at like 11 o'clock at night, hey, man, we need a guest for tomorrow. <laughs> and, we would, and me and Pat would scramble to try to find someone and not just have them call over the phone like we're doing now. We would actually have to convince somebody, remember that, Patrick, to drive oh, out to Rancho uh, Cucamonga. <laughs> show, prep, show, prep was, uh, uh, show prep was not something Jeff practices. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It was like, listen, uh, we need you to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning, right? Get in the car, <laughs> drive well, out to no Yeah, but drive out to Rancho, start a show at 7 to be out of there by 9. That literally happened, but we threw it together. We I'm going to go ahead and tell you my answer to that. If you ever call me with that request, <laughs> I'll do it, but you better be talking about PM. Well, no, you'll do it by coffee and donuts, baby. That's how it That's works. all we had, yeah. I don't do anything for coffee and donuts, gents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it better be a lot of damn donuts. <laughs> No, we would do you know, we would do call-ins every now and then, but for the most part, a lot of people we knew were gracious enough to give us their time and go out there. And then we, we always made compelling arguments. We we did get some good people out there. Matter of fact, when you guys introduced, you interviewed uh, Lisa London a couple nights ago, we actually got her to go out there at that time in the morning. Granted, she was driving to Palm Springs that early, That's how we, but we did it, right, right uh, Pat? We yeah, thank God she was on the way to Palm Springs and made it easier. So. Yep. Look, we don't know if she might have been doing the drive of shame. You know, you don't know. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) We actually, the the farthest guest that we had on the show that we convinced to come on the show came all the way from Nice, France. And that was an actor named Jeff East. Jeff was in the original Superman. Young Clark Kent Kent in, uh, in, in Superman, the movie. He's in 1941, a great actor, done a ton of stuff. Jeff was in 41? Yes, he was. You say pumpkin head, you get my attention. No, no, you're not. He wasn't in 41. I'm thinking of uh, Mark McClure. Sorry. (laughs) McClure was in 41. He was. In what? I've seen that movie a hundred million times. Yeah, McClure's in it. He's in one of the early scenes. Well, damn. Okay. See, this is what I love about Pat. You learn something every day from him. Hey. 
Look, I got plenty to learn. Trust me, we've been doing this for a minute now, but I still don't claim to know everything. Well, I know more. I know more than most, but I don't claim to know everything. <laughs> no, that's the way to do it. Don't pretend like you know everything. Like I really admire the fact that you and you and Devin never had seen Hots, and you admitted it to her. Although I can't believe that Devin's never seen um, Dragnet. That that does blow the mind right there. He'd never seen a fucking mobster movie until I made him sit down and watch The Irishman. This is true. Really? He's never seen Goodfellas, Godfather, Scarface. None of that shit. I've seen half of Scarface. The good half or the bad half? The first half. That's the bad half. (laughs) No, the second half is rock and roll, man. Yeah, buddy. I had that. I had Scarface on VHS, and Pat, you remember the days when you would buy a four-hour movie and it was two VHS tapes? Two, two tapes, two fat yep. tapes. Yeah. Oh last thing God, I, the last thing I bought that was like that was the Titanic, I believe, when it released. Right. You're exactly right. That was the last two videotape movie. Or was, was it Titanic, or was it Meet Joe Black? Because I know they both came out similar timeline, and I know now, Meet Joe yeah, Black was a year, but Titanic came out first. Okay. Joe Black is boring, you know? Yeah, it's, thank you. It, it is a dull movie, but somebody told me you need to sit through it once. I sat through it twice trying to find something I liked about it. The only thing that I liked was the fact that it was Matt Damon. The rest of them could have all just gone to hell in a handbasket. Actually, it was uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Why am I thinking it was Matt Damon? <laughs> you just can't get it right tonight, can you, Maddox? This is what happens oh, when Keela hits. Getting hit by the taxi cab—that was really cool. When the body bounces around the feet. As I'm thinking about it now, yeah, I remember it was Brad Pitt. He's exactly right. It's been so damn long since I've seen that. So movie. Did, did you? Did you and Devin see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I watched about the first 45 minutes of it, and I quit. I hated it. I absolutely wow. hated that movie. Well, here's an idea. For real, just go watch the last 20 minutes of it. The last 20 minutes are insane. Yep. You know what I saw last night you guys like? Uh, Ford versus Ferrari is terrific. I, is wanna, I want to see that. You will love it. You will I, love I'm it. a Joe big Henry Ford is amazing. I am a big fan of like muscle car rebuild shows and things like that. So I want to see that movie. I'm interested to see how that goes. Shelby Shelby gets his due, man. They they, they It's about they, damn they, time. Yeah, you know, he's always been here. My father was a Chrysler engineer and and Shelby was one of his heroes, you know, so he really comes off good. <sighs> man, I would Yeah, Pat, Pat, why don't you tell the guys a story about you? Uh, nothing to tell. He's a humble boy from a country. <laughs> yeah, right. This guy's appeared in like what is it, thirty commercials? He's at. He's he was Bigfoot in the movie. He's he writes okay. for all these magazine, uh, okay. wait, magazine wait, wait, wait. publications. I got, it. I got it. Janky, tell us an embarrassing Steve story. Wow, an embarrassing Steve story. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a good one, or you not coming back. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time he booked a guy who kept using racial epithets on our show? <laughs> oh God! Okay, you can tell the story, but don't use the racial racial epithets. No, no, okay? no, no. I see he's drunk, and he's a very charming drunk. Um, you know, there's not Steve is a oh, I'll tell you one. Steve, forgive me. Uh oh. Okay, as a, go. Child, as a child, he was a child actor. 
and he appeared in the weirdest Disney movie ever made. You were a child actor? Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so it's a good story. Steve appeared. Who did you lose out parts to, Steve? I have to know this. <laughs> go, go ahead, Pat, with a story. I don't know. <laughs> One of the weirdest movies. Write that down. I'm asking him that again. One of the weirdest movies ever made by the Disney Corporation is a movie about Bill Cosby as, I see he was a demon. Wasn't he a demon? He was the devil's lawyer. His name was Barney Satin. He was Barney. He was the devil's lawyer. I mean, there to take Ernie Gould to house. And and uh, uh, he was in the movie. He was one of the most problematic child actors who ever lived. Adam Rich from Eight and Us. He used to break his hand for Archie Cotton. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. No, no, Adam Rich did not see. No. <laughs> thought about it but no <laughs> Steve why did you just because now that I know you were in the acting game what made you get out of the in front of the camera stuff well I was living in San Diego and the thing is is that if you wanted to make it a full time gig you had to live in Los Angeles right, right. I mean full full time and it was funny because where I had grown up at um, the the neighborhood where I'd grown out uh, grown up at that's where Mario Lopez came out of and then Heather O'Rourke lived like two two towns over and when Heather did the Poltergeist film, first she, she actually first appeared on Happy Days as uh, Shelley Long's uh, daughter. And then uh, she, uh, it was funny, you know, the story, Pat, about when she met Spielberg in the commissary there. And she's like, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. It's fucking Steven Spielberg. And she was, she, we'd be the same age now. She was alive. She died like 12 or 13 when she passed. And then um, Marta Lopez, he, he, I remember he was like doing Kids Incorporated at the time. What? Scotty, it was Scotty, right? Yeah, it was Scotty. Wow. And and anyway, that's um, right. He was doing Kids Incorporated. He was the drummer. Yes, he right, was. Right. I remember that because that was about the time. It was right before the uh, big explosion of Saved by the Bell, but right before yeah. they reintroduced the new Mickey Mouse Club on Disney. So right, Kids right, Incorporated right, 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 was kind of filling that gap. Yes, yeah. sir. I was a big Kids Incorporated fan. He's wow. like the he's like the southern version of you, Patrick. You know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm I'm yeah, the knowledge. So yeah, no, what? I, me I, or Mario I, Lopez? Because he's more southern yeah. than I am. He's Mexican. No, no, you know, you're, you're like you're like the southern the southern version of Pat. You know, you come up with this cool trivia. So I love about Pat. Just boom, like that. And anyway, um, no, I just I just didn't pursue it because a, like I said, you have to make it a full time gig. You have to live in L.A. And and quite honestly, I won't say his name because he passed away. But I met a child actor who was. God, like 16 at the time, wearing pajamas, looking like he's seven, and very, very depressed person. And I thought, you know, I don't think I want to do this full time. And plus, it was the time when, uh, since 1981, when they had stage parents. And my, my mom was like that. But I remember kind of the weird story of making that movie was, and I told Patrick this on the air, if you remember, Patrick, I was, my mom was driving me up to, uh, to Burbank where they were filming, uh, our, our segment ad. And we were basically just, we we're just kids, right? And I remember hearing on the radio about the, about the Wonderland murders with John Holmes. And uh, it's like, and, and they didn't know it was him yet. And there was like, yeah, four people were just killed on one. And it was kind of eerie, you know, the, but that just stuck out in my mind to this day. But no, I, I did that and a couple other things. And then it was just, you know, as Pat will tell you, you have to live in Rome, you know, and yeah, at yeah. that time I was not, I didn't want to live in Rome. And so I dropped, I just dropped out of it, but. Like I tell people, Patrick and Pat, you get the same thing. 
They're like, well, Jesus, how do you know this person, that person? And it's, it was a small world. You just met people back then. Worlds collide here frequently, you know? Yeah. Well, that's like, Steve, when you and I were talking the other day and, and you introduced me to Steve Goldstein. Yeah. And one of the names he brings up is Steve Cox. And I'm like, ah, he's a regular guest. We've had him on four or five times. Great guy. It, it's so funny that just the small circles that everybody seems to run in are the people it that really we know. Is. You know. Yeah, it really. I is. mean, I and think eventually fun. we would have found each other, whether we found each other in that Facebook group when we did or not. Uh-huh. I, I'm glad that we did. I want to tell you, and I don't, I haven't had the opportunity to tell you this on the air, and I'm going to take the opportunity now. I want to uh-huh. tell you from me and from Devin both, I want to say thank you for making our job that much easier. No, absolutely. No, you guys, they're, 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 you guys are cool people. And, you know, for real. And, and the thing is, is, it's a cool collaboration. You get some show hosts, and they, they kind of, like, lose track of what they're doing. But you and Devin are always on point, and you, and you guys deliver good products. I mean, I know tonight's kind of scraping the barrel with me, you know. But, but you got, like, some people like Patrick here. And uh, and Pat and Jeff and I, we our show's been on hiatus for a few months <laughs> but that's that's due to because pat's pat's doing the, his writing gig and his stuff and i i'm doing my pr stuff and jeff's somewhere you know <laughs> but in the time that we've been off the air uh well sadly our producer died and we've actually yeah. had a couple we've had a couple guests that have passed away so it, it's 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 with our producer dying at the time we had a they, okay we had a producer god rest his soul's name was dan and Dan would always, every week, Devin and Maddox, every single week, he threatened to, like, quit. I'm not coming yeah. back. Screw you guys. The hell with you guys. And then, <laughs> See, what time Devin is the producer, so he can't threaten to quit. <laughs> yeah. If I quit, no, there's no talking, show. There was always a big threaten to quit thing. And then he uh, he would, like, we'd, we'd have a guest on. I've would, threatened to fire him a few times. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, but that's that's my embarrassing story. I got some on Patrick a little bit. Here. Well, I asked him to give one on you, so guess what? Turnabout's fair play. Let's have it. Sure. I don't. You know what? Honestly, the only no, no, no. You said you had embarrassing stories on Patrick. You give one. <laughs> we both know just Sergeant. <laughs> you know that's that's kind of it right there. No, that I I think the the no. I really. You know what? Pat's not really. If it was, if you said, okay, tell. Tell us an embarrassing story about Jeff Sargent. We could fill up two hours. Easily. Okay, yeah, tell us an embarrassing story about Jeff Sargent. Oh, dude, you want to start, Patrick? Please. Wow. Uh, I don't yeah. know Jeff Sargent, but tell us an embarrassing story. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I start, Steve, because there's three I can't tell on the air, but those are the three I go to automatically. Well, this is podcast, and we're out of the realm of the FCC, so feel okay, free. You know what, uh, We're not going to hear this, though. We're not going to throw him under the bus. No, no, but I'll I'll tell you. Jeff used to, Jeff designs and sculpts. Jeff sculpts, he does stuff like Disney, Star Wars, Disney Marvel. And Jeff, Jeff used to go to the San Diego Comic Con. And he would wear an oversized Mr. Spock shirt. (laughs) And he would wear these thick glasses. He would wear these thick glasses, and he made, he worked in a dental lab, so he made himself this appliance of gnarled teeth. And he would go up to celebrities wearing these, these dentures, these basically these fake teeth. He would wear a wig of messed up hair, and he would do this weird Jerry Lewis voice, and they would think this guy was a real fan, and he would bother them and bother. 
Do you have someone taped him bothering them all the way to their car? God. He was Borat before Borat. <laughs> he was doing Borat long before Borat. Jeff is a bizarre visionary. You know? Yeah. I say that with love. We need to work with this guy. <laughs> you do. Know, oh, yeah. Yeah, you would. <laughs> no, he'd kill me before he got done. No, <laughs> no. <he would. laughs> no, here's the one thing you don't understand that Thunder Cookies can attest to. Uh-huh. I'm a touch of a control freak. <laughs> Very much so. It's the reason this shit works. <laughs> Somebody's got to make the donuts. <laughs> God damn it. Now I want a donut <laughs> with sprinkles. Ooh, sprinkles do sound good. I, I think they donuts earlier. You know? the, the, the weirdest thing I ever saw, honestly, like not well, the only the only weird thing I ever saw Patrick was Pat's really tall. And I remember we went to a party at this woman named Max Wasser's house, and it was just filled with screen cream. It was awesome, man. That was one of the best parties I've ever been to. Ooh, that was, and, that was your first Hollywood party, wasn't it? Now, no, Pat, no. how tall are you? I'm six foot eight and a half. I usually round it off to six nine. All right, then I'm going to ask the one obvious white boy question: Can you dunk? <laughs> I can dunk. I can dunk. That's better than uh, me. <laughs> You know what? Uh, actually, the best thing that would happen to me is uh, when when the Lakers were great about four years ago, people always mistook me for Paul Gasol. And, uh, you know, I can see and, that, uh, actually. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> Paul Gasol was a rookie here in Memphis, so I, I got used to seeing Paul with the Grizzlies. So you look that much like that big Russian-looking bastard? Yeah, he actually I, does. Sure, yeah. All right. Do you do you have the furry Russian hat, or are you just no, have no, you not, have no. you not been activated yet? What's going on here? <laughs> Sleeper cell. I'm half Polish, not communist. <laughs> oh my god! My people are the one we're throwing the rocks at the communists. <laughs> oh dear lord! No. Uh, so yeah. So I was in a CB. I remember on. Uh, Ranger Frenzy, this woman grabbed me in front of my brother and kissed me on the lips because I looked like Paul Gasol in a, in a CBS parking lot in Hollywood. And my brother walks up to me, very attractive woman, but my brother walks up to me and he goes, I hate my brother Donald, and he goes, I hate you. <laughs> CBS doesn't have NBA coverage. What the hell? <laughs> CBS, uh, CBS Pharmacy. Do you guys have them? In, um, CVS? Oh, God, yeah, we got CVS. They're on every corner. Yeah, if it's if they're not a Walgreens, it's a CVS. Yeah, it was a CBS Pharmacy. We have a 24-hour one in Hollywood. We got 24-hour pharmacists here. You just have to call them by their phone number. No, that's – yeah, no, he uh, – Oh God, man! I don't know. I nice transition no. there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys better buckle up because this is just a conversation. We're just sitting here having fun tonight. Well, yeah. Thank you for having us. I'm yeah, glad no, to have cool. you guys. It's a good way to pass an hour, or even more than an hour. So this, I'm looking forward to this now. Pat, with you playing, he, I, I've been told by you and by Steve that you played Bigfoot. I did. Now, there's only one discernible per one discernible Bigfoot performance. Were you Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? Ah, interesting question. Uh, I was not Harry and the Hendersons. They wanted me to play Harry on the 
I did a universal on the TV series. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. You know what? I was asked. I was. They wanted me to audition for us, but at the time, I was in Seattle, Washington, when they called me to try and fit me into one of the Harrys. I did a I did a Universal Horror Nights commercial, and they weren't sure if they wanted me to be Harry or Frankenstein, and they decided to make me Frankenstein. So I do a commercial where I walk by carrying two college girls through a haunted house for Hollywood Horror Nights for Universal. He said horror, people, not horror. Yeah, horror. horror. <laughs> yeah, the, the makeup was a horror because it was a I mean, if, Pat, if Pat's taking two horrors through a haunted house, that's not our business. <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, and I remember I was friends with uh, Ben Chapman, the creature of the Black Lagoon, and Dick Durock, who was the swamp thing. And I was so excited to book this commercial. I asked them, guys, what's the most important thing about playing these creatures? And they both looked at me and said, don't drop the girl. I guess both of them had dropped the girl and it became a bad thing on their sets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have a I have a very close friend that, that works for the mouse. Wow. And um, she, she plays royalty, shall we say, because I don't want to give away too By much. By the way, that's a, no, no, Disney royalty, that's a great gig. I, I know a beautiful girl. Who wears the Pluto mask? Because oh. they, 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 they got to wait until this girl is more stunning than anyone you've seen, and she wears a Pluto and a fiberglass and a fiberglass. Uh, um, because she was tall enough to fit the outfit. She is. That's the same thing they do with Goofy. But my yep. friend, my friend who actually is a princess at Disney, made the the comment to me that she has been dropped by princes during dance routines and such. Um, if you guys remember a few years back, maybe two years ago, you remember when CNN had the Disney world where the actual, they were doing the uh, closeout and it was on the boat for one of the night show, one of the night performances and people were falling off the upper deck of the boat. No, no. Yeah. She was the princess that got pushed over by dopey. I I know she doesn't listen to this show, so I'm okay with telling the story. <laughs> Otherwise, she'd be kicking my ass, <laughs> and Disney would be up hers. <laughs> then again, if you offered that opportunity to my co-host, he would probably be up hers. <laughs> but um, there you go. At least you finally figured out you needed to say something. All right, fat boy, ask a question. <laughs> Your turn. My turn. You've asked all the questions I was going to ask. Well, ask another one. Oh, shit. How long have y'all been doing the, the, the radio show or the podcast? Four years, Steve? Almost. Almost four years. Okay. So, and it, it's, all, it's all hit and miss. See, I mean, what happened is, and we're not, we're only giving like Jeff Sargent like 93% of the blame. And the point is, is because we would put, no, no, seriously, what happened was, fuck it, I'll just say it, Pat. The old station was, 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 the station was once owned. I just want to reiterate, he just said, fuck it, I'll just say it, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've been the in state, the bottle the state, too much. The, state, the, state, the station was run. The, the station was owned by this guy who was a punk rocker, and he wasn't like a cool young punk rocker. He was like in his late fifties, trying to be twenty. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Shit. For pretend, he was a he was a short tempered Brit that would cuss you out, that would that would arbitrarily mess you up, that would steal the coffee maker, not the coffee, but the whole maker. I mean, he was he wasn't he wasn't the friendly fella, and he had oh zero, fuck zero. me! What are you boys trying to tell me today on the radio? What is this bullshit? Yeah, he, Bloody he, he hell! Was, no, it was, that's, that's 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 a kind version of him right there. Anyway, so <laughs> well, I try not to drop multi-syllable swears on the air. <laughs> he was just he was he was an absentee landlord, but what happened? What happened was Pat and Jeff ended up having the biggest show on the damn network, and then he sells it, and then uh, we had to reconvene. But for a long time there, we were we were just killing it, man. I mean, even our one of my favorite episodes when we started working together was the Halloween episode. I had uh, Lisa Wilcox, uh, Veronica Carlson, who was an old hammer scream queen, awesome, sweet, sweet woman. And we just, that's the type of, dude, we would just draw people, man. We would just get people in there. and Then, Steve, why don't we put together a network? (laughs) I I, I don't know. Why not? I mean, but it was just, this was, this was great times. And then it's just, you know, things happened where. I don't know, Pat, it was a continuity. And then we were all doing our stuff, and then we'd, we would do it once a week, and then once every other week. And like I said, we're not blaming Je- Je- Jeff completely, but Jeff would sometimes, I don't know, Patrick, how would you explain it? He'd pick you up, he'd drive you over there. It, it was a whole ordeal to make this thing work. Yeah, it's worth it. You know, you're a great show. You guys know. You're mad at uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, doing- Devin and I can understand because we have been in that situation where Devin lived in another town. The car wasn't functioning, and we'd go pick Devin up and bring him down for recording sessions. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I understand that you... Did, but did you have to hunt down Devin after a night of drinking to get him to the studio? Well, that depends whose night of drinking, mine or his. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we It was very, I don't know, it was very hold your breath until we were going. And then and then what happened was our our our... our producer did actually quit he find well actually no shit patrick did he quit or did he get canned he was getting ill so he was he had to, he had to uh, he basically uh, you know he had, to, he had to quit because he, his health was getting in the way you know yeah but remember the one woman that came on the show uh, they, they don't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, we had some wild, we had some wild stuff there. They actually, we have stories about guests doing weird shit. You know. Well, have at it. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, Pat, Pat, do you remember the? Pat, do you remember we had? Uh, I won't say her name, but her tooth went flying out of her mouth. No, no, oh, hell no, hell no, hell no. You gotta say a name if you're gonna say her tooth went flying out of her no, mouth. No, no, no. She's a, she, we're not gonna bury people like that too bad. But anyway, we had a we had a woman on who was an actress, and I forgot what else she did. And she it's it's on video. I'll send you guys the YouTube video of it. And Pat, why don't you tell don't the story? Don't think about I her? won't link it to our website. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, why 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 don't you tell her about the dental extraction that happened live on the air? Oh, I wasn't there. Yeah. Well, there's another. 
there was another would-be comedian who kept pulling out her teeth every five minutes to make his laugh. Right oh, on. God. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, no. It yeah. was gross and sad the first time, and I sure you didn't get better. <laughs> now, going back to the one that lost the one tooth, was it a real tooth or was it uh, no, a it was denture? Real. It was real. It was real. Oh, my Lord. Yep, fell right on the counter right in front of us. That had to be embarrassing. <laughs> oh, yeah, she shook him down for gas money, too. I remember that. <laughs> she should have took him down for dentist money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, then they had one guy on that was a musician. I actually put this one together, and I think he was on meth because he was fiending for a cigarette the whole time. And then right when they cut to go off the air, he bolts out of there to go have a cigarette. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, it could have been it, it could have been glass, it could have been powder. He was speeding on something. Yeah, he couldn't get it. And then uh I I don't know, it's just it's every Friday that we the guys do hot chick Friday. And every Friday we have to keep Jeff, you know, behind his podium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no video because he might be pitching a tent. Um, but we, we we do we have it's just it's just I don't know the it's but we it was fun but like I said you guys have fun with what you're doing but the cool thing is is that we were fortunate enough to not live too far away to where we could make those calls yeah. and with mutual friend of ours Pat knows people I know uh, that I don't know and I know a couple of people he doesn't know but right that thing is amazing though it's fun you represent people I've heard of but have met which makes this. Terrific, you know. Yeah, yeah, but the one, the, the cool. I gotta say, one of the coolest ties with me and Patrick is we we know we have a great friend. He's not, he hasn't been on your Maddox's show yet, but we have a friend named Carl Gottlieb. And you've mentioned that name to me a few times. Carl, Carl, Carl. Okay, Carl is was he was a screenwriter, and he wrote Jaws. He wrote the movie Jaws. He co-wrote The Jerk with Steve Martin. He was at, he does cameos in all of his movies. Wait, actually, wait, wait a minute. He co-wrote The Jerk? Yeah. He actually, uh, you he, are hereby he, being given a mandate to put that man on this show. Well, do you, do you remember? Here's the thing about Carl, too. And, and Pat, I don't know if this was accidental or intentional. I never asked him about this. But Carl, Carl's in MASH, a Robert Altman film. Carl does cameos <laughs> in small parts in everything he's involved in. So in Jaws, he played Meadows, a newspaper guy that was kind of the co-conspirator with, with the mayor. In The Jerk, he was Iron Balls McGinty. Uh, he directed Caveman. So he kind of, he was in Clueless. Remember, Patrick? He was a priest in Clueless. I remember. Clueless? So wait a minute. The movie with Alicia Silverstone. The priest in Clueless? Wait, okay. You gotta, I know that movie backwards and forwards. I don't remember a priest. Pat, he was a, he, he, remember uh, someone? You skipped up the ending. At the ending, he's a, he officiates a marriage. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, that's And that's one of those movies that I felt like I knew everything about. I can sit here and have a two-hour conversation about an hour and a half movie. Well, so, so Pat had known Carl way, way before I did, years before I did. He wanted to interview him for Jaws, to, to do yeah. a Jaws. Well, tell him, Patrick, it's your story. No, no, you're doing good so far. He wanted he wanted to interview him for Pat wrote a book about Jaws, and he ended up you know uh, talking to Carl, and then I I uh, got you and you and Devin hooked up with Joe Alves. Did you call Joe yet? I'm gonna call him tomorrow. I know you said he was busy today. That was the, that was the man's got amazing credits and amazing stories. Yep, that was the very first person hired on Jaws. He had yes. to build he had to build Bruce the shark. 
And in the charcoal draw, all of the highlights of the book. Yep. Yep. So, and he's actually, you guys, when you guys have him on the program, he's going to be getting a lifetime achievement award pretty soon. So you're getting a really. We're getting him at prime time. Yeah, no, he worked on, I mean, Pat, wasn't it Forbidden Planet was his first gig? He was a teenage boy when he got Forbidden Planet. It's pretty amazing. No. Yeah, Escape from New York, freaking dude, is a resume. All right, see, you un- bring un- up stuff like Escape from New York, and those, I'm one of those, and as a matter of fact, Devin and I were sitting here having a conversation earlier, and I actually made the remark, it's time for a new Snake Bliskin film. Whether they bring Kurt Russell back or if they actually do a remake, it's time to see the dystopian future from now as opposed to from the 80s. And what they thought it was going to be. I remember actually making my mother, who, God rest her soul, my mom was a as big a movie fan as I am. And this is the reason I'm a, as big a movie fan as I am, because she instilled in me going to a theater is such an enjoyable experience that usually at least two to three weekends out of the month, she and I, there was a, there's a theater about 20 minutes from us that does $5 matinees still on Saturday afternoons and we would go catch $5 matinees. Mm -hmm. And I convinced her after seeing the previews for escape from LA, I'd never seen escape from New York, but I was on a big Kurt Russell kick. Okay. And I talked her into going to see escape from LA. My mother hated the film. I absolutely despised it, but she made me sit through shit that I wouldn't have ever watched otherwise. So I feel like your your mother make you sit through still by noise. Uh, no, she watched that one at home by herself and said it really was tearing up a clean box of Kleenex crying. Um, <laughs> that one and uh, Pretty Woman, she never forced me to sit down and watch. Um, she did the only thing I can remember her legitimately making me sit down and watch because she felt like it was something I would really enjoy that I didn't particularly like. Uh, she got me into horror films early in my life. I was. Oh, right on. I, I was sneaking it when when the original <laughs> Pet Cemetery hit in theaters in the eight, late eighties. I was going with my mother to the same theater to see that movie on the matinee. The woman who owned the theater, I'd literally known since I was five because my uncle's girlfriend used to work for the woman. And so I get up there and she tells my mother, I think it's too scary for him to watch. Now, keep in mind, at this point, I've seen Friday the 13th. I've seen Nightmare on Elm Streets. I've, you know, the slasher genres, I've pretty much got covered. So, but she tells my mother that they had had people get up and walk out of the theater because the film was too scary. So, I, she's, my mom says, okay, my brother had gone with us. He's not a horror fan at all. My older brother was going to see the rescuers down under. Yeah. So I got forced to go watch the rescuers down under while mom went to see pet cemetery. When the rescue, well, you, you, you got the, you got the short end of that. Deal. No, it gets better when the rescuers let out. Oh, no, one of those mice is really hot. Oh yeah. Ivanka. Um, but when the, uh, when the, when the movie, when, when rescuers let out pet cemetery, wasn't finished. So I slipped into the back of the theater and sat in the very last seat on the very last row. 
So I snuck in for the last 20 minutes of Pet Cemetery, which is arguably the best parts anyway. There you go. And my mom's coming up the aisle. The movie's over. I'm sitting there in the seat waiting on her to come by me. I'm going, hey. She goes, what are you doing in here? I'm like, I snuck in here about 20 minutes ago. And she goes, well, I don't know why they said it was too scary for you. You saw the worst part. <laughs> wow. But the one movie that she forced me to watch that may have been a little too early for me was Texas Chainsaw. Wow. I saw it when I was 12, and that movie still scared. I've I've seen Texas Chainsaw. I own three different versions of that movie. I've seen it twice. (laughs) Texas Chainsaw and The Exorcist are the only two horror movies that have ever legitimately scared me. And they're both uh, semi-based on real events. Isn't that cool? Well, yeah. I mean, if you believe the whole that Ed Gein was the inspiration for Texas Chainsaw. He was. uh, Pat, I think, uh, guys, I think he was the inspiration for everything. Norman Bates, you name it. I think for Norman Bates, definitely. But I I think when it comes to that particular character, I think could have been done. I, I didn't get that vibe. I got certain elements of that vibe from him. Actually, no. You can argue. Ed Gein in, in Chainsaw is basically the hitchhiker character. He's the one digging up graves, posing the corpses. That was all Ed Gein stuff, you know? So, basically, what you're saying is Ed Gein, if in relation, would be that Ed Gein was kind of the chop-top character more so than people thought. And most people tried to say that he was the the Leatherface character, but I never got that. Now, the rumor around here was that there was an actually a guy that had done this, and he was actually in prison at Sam Houston State Penitentiary. Huh. And then we found out that none of that was true, because I'm sitting there going, well, that fucking sucks. I would have gone down there to actually see if I could have gotten in to see that guy, you know? <laughs> But I will tell you, I had a fun uh, film festival experience regarding a a famed, uh, do you want to call him a serial killer, mass murderer? I don't know exactly what to call him. Uh, But there was a, my wife and I, when we first started dating, we we went to the Magnolia Film Festival in Starkville, Mississippi. And they had a documentary there called Citizen Shane. Okay. It was a fat white guy running for sheriff of Lowndes County, Mississippi on as a Republican on a pro-pornography platform. He was pen pals with fucking, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, you know who I'm talking about. The uh, Helter Skelter. Yeah. Um, Manson. Manson, yeah. He was pen pals I, with I, Manson. I actually met one of the members of the Manson family one time. Scary. Oof. Which yeah. one? No, no, no. He became a, like a like a born again Christian guy. I, I, I can't. I, some did. I, I, I. Yeah, a lot of them did. But he he wasn't. He was okay. I I, I digress a little bit. He wasn't. He wasn't with them when it happened. He was. He was part of the clan, and he was part of some failed attempt to bring Charlie Manson out of prison. Okay. Yep. 
and he was he became boring and all that. They all they all did, but that's you look. You, you got to force yourself to sit through once upon a time in Hollywood. All right, well, because we brought up the Manson thing, and I know you're telling me force myself to sit through once upon a time in in Hollywood. If what? you could sit through the rescuers down under, you could sit through this. It'll be fine. No, what the hell's wrong with you? All right, let me. All right, now wait a minute. Hold on. Let me ask one particular question that can answer this one way or the other. Yeah. Does Does Margot Robbie get naked at any point? You have to watch it and see for yourself. No. no. See, all right. He answered my question. That last twenty <laughs> minutes is not worth watching because she didn't in the first hour and a half. <laughs> Damn it to hell. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I and I'm a Tarantino fan, so for me to say I really dislike this film, and I felt like an asshole watching the Golden Globes because I'm seeing them win all these awards, and I'm sitting there going, "Well, I fucking hated it." <laughs> you didn't give it a fighting chance, but then again, you got to remember too. Unless you're from Los Angeles or so Southern California, you may not catch a lot of stuff that was and there. I, in all, in, they, in fairness, I may have been on a movie burnout because I had gotten three out of the red box. I watched okay. three movies in about a day and a half. Um, I started out with Angry Birds 2 at the recommendation of my co-host. I loved it. It sucked. I loved so it. So then I went from that to Rambo. Last Blood. I, I, now I heard that was really good. I never saw it. I it, heard it sucked. Stayed. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go back to the the first Blood. Yeah. Well, they, I thought we were going to get more of that line of what we got in the original First Blood. It's it's so modernized to make you fear the Mexicans. Okay. That it's not worth watching. Um. Uh, then I went from that to Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and it may be the issue where I was so burnt out on watching two movies that I felt were just absolute crap that I didn't feel like giving another movie a chance. I, I admit maybe it's my fault. Oh, yeah, because well, mark that down, because I'm not going to admit it more than once. You're supposed to say I, I was going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not Mexico. You got the wrong movie. Right. Look, now I watched yeah. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I actually <laughs> liked it. <laughs> now, Pat, how many times have you seen that movie? I'm at four. Oh, no, Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Well, they sent me a copy. Screen, the Screen Actors Guild members, we vote for the membership. So they sent, I've seen it twice. They sent me the uh, the movie, and my brother and I have just been waiting for the perfect night to just sit through it again. Because I loved it. Did you, did you, but you didn't get a chance to go see it at the New Beverly, though, did you? I know I have a day. Okay, I, I, wait a minute. Seeing that movie at the New Beverly, that's not fair because you're seeing a Tarantino film in a Tarantino theater. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, only, not only that, but if you go see it at the New Beverly, you know who you're going to sit next to. You're going to sit next to Clue Gallagher, star of the killers, star of Return of the Living Dead, and he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's his favorite theater, so nine times out of ten you'll be sitting by him. It's one of those theaters that's on my bucket list. Oh, you got to go. Well, hey, Steve, if you'll ever invite us out with a room to sleep in, we might show up. Oh, it's, it's, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, you could stay at Jeff's house. But, <laughs> but, but no, it's an event going to that place. It really is. It's an event. And and they and every every it's not just Tarantino films. He shows a lot of stuff there. He'll have like a John Landis week, you know, and her help. You know, he just it's cool. Well, I know that it's when just, we talked to Lisa London, he she talked about him showing a movie that she had actually been in. 
Yeah. And he restored and screened all 35 mil. You know what? Another thing, uh, another thing he'll do, which is really cool, is he, I, we wound up, we went, my brothers and I went to a midnight showing of one of our favorite movies, War of the Gargantuas. And we were in the back of the popcorn line. We're getting some popcorn. We're going to get a refill on our drinks. And Jared Gino came up and he, he stood behind us in the line. And we said, hey, no, man, this is your theater. Come, come in front of us. We're cool. And he goes, you know what? I used to hate that when I bought, you know, and he goes, when I go to theater as a kid, if the manager or something got in front of me, he goes, so I stay at the back of the line. And we yep. wound up in a 20 minute conversation with him. The man knows his Godzilla, you know? Oh my God. I'd love to see him do an old school creature feature. Man, yeah. He wants to do it. He wanted to do a Godzilla movie about <laughs> five years ago, and he was telling us a little bit about that. It just sounded amazing. Well, I know he at one point was working on a Star Trek film. Still might. There's still waiting to see him doing it. I'm hoping yeah. that one will come up because the last couple of Star Trek films have kind of been lackluster to say the least. Well, Pat, Pat could tell you about Star Trek. He did a few uh, Star Trek <laughs> stuff. Were you, Star Trek. Which one of the green aliens were you that made out with Captain Kirk? Uh, I did make out with Captain Kirk and that was a yellow alien, but I did chase Kate Muldoon and a bunch of people around a couple times. <laughs> Kate Muldoon? Kate Muldoon. Now see, there's a name you don't, that, that Thunder Cookies, you probably don't know. No, I don't. That name rings a bell with me because I'm a huge fan of Orange is the New Black. She plays what? Red, the Russian cook. Okay. In Orange is the, the New first, Black. The first female captain in Star Trek history. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. Captain Janeway. Yeah. One of my, probably my favorite captain next to Picard. And what? At, what? as a kid, if you had asked me, I would have said Kirk. Yeah, it's Kirk or nothing, baby. And no, it's Picard. If I'm going, and now if you're looking at series, then yes, it's probably Kirk. If you're looking at overall franchise, it's Picard because I don't like what they're doing with the new Captain Kirk. Make it so. Well, are you excited about the new Picard TV show? I am excited about the new Picard TV show. Anytime that Picard has a dog named number one and you're going to get to hear him say that and he's getting to go on one last mission, I am excited because the dog's name is number one. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, I am I am excited about that. I, I had no desire at all to subscribe to the CBS stream, streaming app, but I will long enough to watch that series. Wow. Or I will break into a fire stick that's been busted and see if I can find it to watch for free. <laughs> but yeah, I've been a big Picard fan because that is my favorite version of the Enterprise. So they never. Okay, so question: I, Did I ever send Jennifer Nash to you guys? No. Oh shit! I don't know how that slipped. No, she's that, she's done Next Generation. Yes. She played Picard's daughter in the most popular episode in the series, the internet. Well, shit, we gotta have her. You're damn right, you do. Yep, <laughs> he did. He did. He did an. He interviewed her recently and wrote wrote about her. Oh, I'm about to. I'm about to. Oh, you did. Her, her, her 
mom from the episode. Let's tell about the door. We should have postponed. Yeah, Pat Patrick was in the thralls of this big move. He it was like excavating. It was like an Indiana Jones movie. Patrick was moving, and Patrick's a collector. I don't want to say a hoarder, but a collector. And he was Pat. It was, he, for like, it was for like, the Vietnam War. It was Vietnam and Iraq in one weekend, in one month. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's it's he was fine and stuff. Oh my god, he was it was it was epic, and uh, a lot of work, a lot of work. Don't catch anything. Look better to find it now than to lose it forever. So, so Patrick, I I was asked by Maddox one time a couple months ago if I knew Elvira, which I do not. But you had some Elvira experiences, remember that? Yeah, I interviewed her. She's very sweet. She was she was the coolest. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Detroit. And so, oh uh, wait a minute, uh, wait 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 wait, you don't say Detroit and say the Midwest. Yeah, Detroit's the Midwest. The if Midwest you are from Detroit, sir, you are from Detroit Rock City. I am. And I'm a As a Kiss Detroit. fan, at least get it right, sir. <laughs> First of all, yes, Detroit Rock City. Uh, I I have met Gene Simmons, which is kind of cool. One of my friends, she was his assistant. He likes fat and girls. What? He likes big girls. Well, she was very beautiful, very curvy. So uh, um, she was his assistant. But remember, he's married to one of the most beautiful women in B-movies. Oh, God, yeah. Shannon Tweed. And you look at his daughter, Sophie, I think has the potential to be every bit the actress her mother was. She tried to do the singing thing, but couldn't make it over the X. She tried out for the X Factor, the U.S. version. And I think that kind of put a damper on her singing career. Then her and her mother did a reality TV show in Canada. Wow. Really? After the uh, after the Gene Simmons family jewels went off the air. Right. Uh, I'm anxious to see what the future holds for her. Because I don't think Nick, I don't think the son's really got stardom written on him. But I think the daughter might. Shannon Tweed is your mom, you're already halfway home, you know what I mean? That's good genetics. Yeah, boy. Her, I mean, her when you look at her, her when you look at her slightly older sister and her older sister looks younger, you know it's good genetics. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shannon Tweed, man, one of the most beautiful women to be moving. Yep. Hey, Patrick, let me ask you something. If you had, just be really honest, who was, who, now Pat's interviewed a lot of people, Devin and Maddox. Who was the most, I mean, who was the most, this is a two-part question, who was the most cryptic, evil person you, not evil, who was the most, like, who was the person you interviewed and you're like, Jesus, that was an ordeal? Donald Trump. Who was your, who was your, <laughs> no, that was, and, and, and who was your, who was your favorite interview, Pat? I've never asked you that. Wow, that's a good question. Um, My favorite interview changes from day to day. You know, is it a childhood hero? I mean, I've interviewed Adam West. I've interviewed James Cameron. I interviewed George Romero, and I mean, the, you know, if it's a childhood hero and they come up really, really cool, uh, um, you know, like Doc from The Love Boat, I, I ended up interviewing Doc, and he turned out to be, one, you know, one of the deepest guys I've ever interviewed. Really? I, oh, yeah. There was a, I won't name the worst, the most, I interviewed, um, he starred in a couple of great 80s action movies. And he was doing a film, he was doing a film, he was producing and everything. And I was interviewing his wife, and his wife laughed. She had kind of a loud, charming laugh. 
and he was directing a movie about a half a mile away. He ran off the set to pick a fight with her and me. And, you know, he's yelling at his wife in front of me, but he's also yelling at me. And she's looking at me like, what is going on here? He's financing this movie. I always liked him, sort of liked him as an actor. He was, he always played 50 guys. He told you to step out two feet early. <laughs> but, but that was, I, you know, when I see the guy, I know how oily and awful he is in real life. So I, it kind of pulled me out of this movie. He wasn't, he was one of the stars of a really great sci-fi movie. I, I won't say which one. Is it bad? This sounds a lot like Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Macho Man Randy Savage story. You got a Macho Man story? Please, God, spill. I I was on the set of Spider-Man. I was was running for a magazine. I was on the set of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And I got onto the set of of Spider-Man during the wrestling scenes, which were shot out here. That's when Macho played Bonesaw or whatever the hell they called him. Yeah. There was a subplot. I had one line in it as a wrestling priest that got cut. You know, where I, a wrestling I, um, priest. They saddled you with no. the Devon Dudley gimmick. That's bad. Fire Ferguson right there. <laughs> oh, God, you remember that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad gimmick. Go ahead, Pat. So what happened is Macho Man had a really beautiful woman with him. I'm not sure if it was Miss Elizabeth or not. Not by not not by that point. Um, by the gorgeous George. Yeah, by that point, it was probably the girl that ended up being gorgeous George. She was a stripper that ended up blonde headed girl. It was well, she was a brunette actually, you know, and a really stunning brunette. And there there was a, a PA, you know, production assistant, the lowest form of life in a movie set. The poor guy who has to do all the grunt work and gets no pay, he gets credit. Well, Macho Man was insisting the guy was hitting on his girlfriend, and Macho was huge, and Randy was huge. He was uh, he was big as I'm a big guy, and I'm wide, and my brother Donald's a big guy, and he's wide. Randy Savage was as wide as the two of us, shoulder to shoulder. He was huge. Welcome to the steroid era of professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. He was he was every orifice on him was leaking sweat. I mean, and he's. He's angrily, uh, he's spinning as he talks, yelling, you get away, you little punk, you little punk, making eyes at my girl, you little, he said a bunch of other things. And Sam Raimi is trying to get the kid out of there. And the kid is saying, because he wants to impress Sam Raimi that he can handle anything. Oh, and no. Sam Raimi lowers his voice and he goes, will you get the bleep out of here? I'm trying to save your life. You know? And, <laughs> and I looked at Macho Man and he was, sweating. I mean, there was sweat pouring out of this guy everywhere. And I walked up to him in my priest costume and I said, Mr. Man, would you, or Mr. Savage, would you like me to get you a, a water? That's okay, son. The sweat's cooling me down. But he looked like a, he looked like a shaved gorilla. And he was, he was sweating everywhere. He was just sweating, sweating, sweating everywhere. And he was fixated on this kid. I didn't see the kid do what he was accusing him of. But he was fixated on being like a 19-year-old, and so it was really weird, you know? Oh, dear God. Sounds like Randy. Yeah, I mean, it does, because if you think about the stories that we heard backstage, even, you know, and, and Steve, you sent us uh, Scott Schwartz. Yeah. Scott gave us some backstage input into Randy and Elizabeth as to how Randy was always really watchful over her 
to the point where when she was backstage, they basically locked her in a room by herself while okay, he went yeah, to the no, ring because he didn't want to deal with anybody flirting with his wife. I heard that story from Bruce Pritchard, too. I mean, I, on one of the stories, that has to be true, but it's funny you mentioned Scott Schwartz. Uh, Pat and Jeff had Scott on the show one time, and Scott was giving Pat the business the whole time, man. What was it? He's with very you? funny, very cool. His dad, his dad ran one of the best movie and memorabilia places you'd ever hit in Los Angeles. Ooh. Well, do you, did now? Did you, you do? Uh, well, it's not really bad. Well, it's weird, but do you know there's a? Uh, does he you know um, the Bad News Bears connection to Scott? Wait, what? Wait, 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 what? Oh, okay. So, so I I know a few of the people that well, they're grown men and they're like sixties now, they're late fifties that were in the Bad News Bears. I put Engelberg on the show one time with Pat and Jeff. Great, great. Yeah, his name is Gary, and then the um, so uh, the guy who played Rudy Stein. Anyway, I I don't know the story exactly. Patrick does, but there was a guy who was pretending to be. Uh, yes. Did yes. we tell tell him what it is, Pat? It's hard for him to explain. You know better than I do. He was running around pretending to be the guy who played who was lupus on Bad News Bears. Yeah, and he would run around telling when he was lupus, and I thought he was a real guy. He was a very sweet guy, but he told Engelberg. I told Engelberg, "Hey, I know lupus," and I told him the person's name, and he goes, "That ain't lupus." He goes, "We've been hearing about this guy on the circuit for a while. He says he's lupus. He isn't." <laughs> oh know? my God. Isn't that rude? The, the fake lupus. There used to be fake Jawas. I read for Star Wars the magazine. <laughs> and there was a guy running around claiming to be a Jawa, but he was six feet tall. And everyone's like, you're not a Jawa. And <laughs> I'm not a Jawa, but I'm a Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would sign posters right next to Harrison Ford's autograph. And then they thought it was a four-star phony, you know? And then, Pat, Pat, what was the story about the old woman that you, you guys were convinced was in a Dracula movie? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. When we were kids, my brother Don worked for a 7-Eleven with this very sweet but chain-smoking woman. And the woman said, uh, when the woman found out, you know, Don was like 14, I was 15, she found out we're horror movie fans. And this is before IMDb or anything like that. These are like coming up. And so she says to my brother one day, hey, you know what? I was the little girl in Frankenstein. Well, that blew us away. And she scared <laughs> the boner off of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> we, couldn't believe, we couldn't believe she was the little, the, the, the little girl in Frankenstein. And then one day in the local horror movie show, not Elvira, but uh, Tom Hatton, who occasionally showed horror. Yeah. He goes, during the month of October, instead of our usual Popeye cartoons and Annie screenings, we're gonna we're gonna show horror. So he goes, I've got some news on something I'm looking for. So we're getting more and more excited. He says, Listen up, kids. I'm looking for the little girl from Frankenstein. And I've been told that this must have ruined this poor woman's day. He goes, I know she lives in the valley. Help me find the little girl from Frankenstein. Well, we suddenly called and gave her name to Tom Hatton, and Tom Hatton took a call. And he goes, I found the actual girl, boys. And he goes, she's not the only girl in Frankenstein, but maybe she's an extra or something. And so don't try to feel like you bring it up to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there was, Devin and Maddox, there, there was, you know what, uh, Tom Hatton passed away. There was a guy, there was a TV personality, and he ended up out here in California. 
And this guy would show Popeye cartoons. And he, he had a contest. Or remember, Patrick, do you remember you'd like send a picture in if you showed it? You won like tickets to Marineland and stuff. I didn't know you guys Sounds like Channel Five before. used to do with Color of the Weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this guy, this guy was, this guy was so beloved out here. Tom had, you know, I, I spoke to. Speaking his partner, of which, both of y'all being from California, there's, there's somebody I want to ask about from Cali that we didn't have the chance to see here, but uh-huh. Thunder Cookies and I are both big. Kevin Smith and the Hollywood Babylon fans. Do you, uh, I, saw, was, I saw Kevin Smith today. He was Huel Hauser a real person? Who? Huel Hauser. Yeah, not only was not only was Huel Hauser a very real person, I actually had a really crazy night with him. Okay, Hauser, let's have it. Okay, <laughs> Huel Hauser was exactly what you saw. He was. He was, he, he, people like to tease him with one punk, but he was tall, he was heartfelt, he was sweet, God love him, he was a man of the earth. So one night, we were going, we were in a, back in the 90s, we were in Hollywood. I wrote for a couple horror magazines, one of which would have a private party on the edge of the valley. And so I took my, I took my, my, you know, my brother and my family and friends, you know, out to the party. On the way home, traffic was so bad, we decided to go hit Hollywood Boulevard. In those days, they, they still do it, but it, it, it's more policed. In those days, the police would shut down Hollywood Boulevard, and it wasn't so much costumes as really tough guys in like rubber masks looking for trouble. You know, yep. there, were, there were literally there'd be rival gangs walking the boulevard who would attack each other. They'd pull up their rubber masks. So my friend who worked at Paramount Pictures runs to the heel who he knows. So heel is hanging out with us just as a, a gang fight breaks out. Two rival gangs went at it on Hollywood Boulevard. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, but that's exactly what he was saying. He goes, holy cow, what's happening here? You know? So here's the amazing thing. The police had sandbag. The police had a, like a sandbag garrison on Hollywood Boulevard waiting for this to happen. So when all hell broke loose, she'll turn to the police and say, Hi, fellas, can my friends and I get behind the sandbags with you? And the cops were like, sure, he'll anything for you. And one of them got him a police jacket. They actually got him an extra police jacket. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he said, oh, my gosh, thank you so much, fellas. And when the gangbangers, they shot tear gas, and the, and the gangbangers started running. They would lean over when they saw Hill. They're running from the cops. There's tear gas. They're swinging truncheons. Because it was a really brutal gang fight. One guy jumped on another guy's back, slid him a face first across Hollywood Boulevard. The guy stood up in front of us, and a flap of skin dropped into his eye. Oh, God. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. But Hill had us behind in, in protective police custody. But the gang members are coming up and turn the and go, My grandma loves you. <laughs> <laughs> so California he, Gold. No, no, he was God love him. He was he was a he was a wonderful, wonderful human being. And that was the one time I met him he made sure we were safe and sound behind police lines. Oh my yeah. god, I had to ask Steve Pat No, I, no. I, incredibly sweet. Sorry, go ahead. I, I want to tell you guys thank you for giving us now over an hour i want to tell you it's been a great sitting here just having a conversation 
This has been absolutely Finally, hilarious. You guys are terrific. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. We got to have you guys back on. I, I don't know what you feel about this, TC. But Definitely. I, yeah, this was good. Um, let me, Steve, as a matter of fact, let me look at some dates, and I'll get back with you tomorrow. But we're going to line this up for a repeat. We'll tell you, we, we got we got more stories. We'll I knew you did. <laughs> Why well, didn't I? Even I didn't even get to my Wilford Brimley story. Man. I know I'm saving the Wilford Brimley story for a reason. Diabetes. I never get. I we never get to your mom being hit on by Bill Cosby. Oh, dude! dude Wait dude. a minute. What? <laughs> your mom got the pudding pop? No, she didn't get the. She didn't get it. But I, I, uh, he actually got. A, Pat, you had to throw that in there. <laughs> well, you got to tell it now. <laughs> when this is over, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cut straight to the credits. So enjoy yeah, this dude. final story from our good buddy, Mr. Steve Joyner. Thank you. <laughs> Talk, <Are> Steve. You- <laughs> we're still, we're still on the air? Yeah. Yes, you're still on the air. Talk, Steve. <laughs> no, no, no. We were, it was... It was um, it was, it, oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was, uh, oh, I'm getting a call. Hey, this has been fun. <laughs> no, I call no bullshit. <laughs> I was only around cause a little bit. And what happened was there was a scene there filming in the movie where it was, it was a daycare center and it was, it was outside. And, um, it was, uh, Elliot had, had, had purchased a new play set and all that for the kids. He's trying to woo the mom. It's a really cryptic, evil, funny, twisted Disney movie. It's the only, it's I think it, it was the devil and two. what, what was the name of the devil and the devil and Max Devlin. I remember I the devil and Max Devlin. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's on Disney Plus. It's not yet, because if it was, I was going to watch it and look for his no, little no, ass. It, it, won't, it, it, it won't be on there. I'll tell you why. For one thing, it really, okay, it was 1981, so the 70s weren't completely over, if you look at the styles and we were doing it. And also, it was uh, the only Disney movie where I saw someone smoking a cigarette. I remember when he's in the diner, the guy like, has a cigarette hanging out, and he's looking at him, and he's freaking out. But no, there was a scene where we're doing that, and Cosby is... It's so horrible. He's invisible. <laughs> and he's talking to, to to Elliot. You know, he, he's talking and he's giving him this these powers to make him like a Spengali, where he can make a uh, Julie Bud sing and 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 nerve. You know, ride the motorcycle. Like, it's 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 a cool movie. I'd watch it now. It's it's a time capsule. But um, I remember Cosby was uh, on the set and he was walking around. He was talking to people and I saw him and my mom talking and he was. <laughs> It was he was flirtatious, and I don't, he was just being a charming guy. But he remember he had glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, honestly, I I didn't. You know what? I'm gonna say it, man. I, I when you meet someone, you know them that well. You know, you met them, and they made an impact on you. You don't want to believe something like that is possible. And I don't know. I at first when it, when it all broke out with him, I thought it was a shakedown attempt. I really did. He was he was not only the highest paid black entertainer i think it was the highest paid entertainer for a long time there right right pat like he was no no he was king of the 80s he was the king he was the jerry seinfeld of the 1980s he would everybody wanted to be his, his dad and stuff so it was really hard to you know to accept the fact that he was doing that sort of stuff so yeah. what you're basically telling me is you are a cosmic kid I have been waiting uh, two years to use that impression. <laughs> Let's put it away for another two. 
Oh, God. Fellas, I want to tell you guys, I want to tell you, we really do appreciate you guys sitting down. This has been a blast. Uh, Steve, I will talk to you tomorrow, and we'll get another date reset because this has got to happen again. Yeah, we'll, we, we'll fit. We'll get a hold of Jeff Sargent. We, you know, you should have Jeff on, man. I mean, it's. I it's, guess he should be able to defend himself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you laugh yeah. now, fat ass. You ain't said nothing for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you seem well, look, to forget. You, I asked two questions. Two questions. That is a record you, for you. I'll tell you what. When you go off, when, when you cut the recording, keep us on, and we'll tell you something, okay? All yeah. right. Sounds good. Well, right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to tell you thank you again to Mr. Steve Joyner. And hey, to our good buddy, Janky. I want to tell you, we appreciate you both giving us the time of day and sitting down with us tonight. Hey, we'll be back. Same fat time, same fat channel. With more gravy. Off Script with the Heavyweight Chumps is produced by Mad Fat Loud Entertainment, LLC. Executive producer, Sally Maddox. All music used by permission. No part of this podcast can be rebroadcast or retransmitted without written expressed permission of the Heavyweight Chumps and Mad Fat Loud Entertainment, LLC. Copyright 2020 Mad Fat Loud Entertainment, LLC.